Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Beef eater. It's what's for dinner. Dun, dun, well, dun. <laughs> maybe if you're on a bender in London, still, it's one of the big names in gin. And maybe there is a reason why we're going to find out. So get ready for some piney flavors and maybe we'll have a cocktail or two and have a drink. <laughs> Along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey, everybody. Hi. I came real close to like Mr. Hanky with that. Hey, by the way. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, how's everybody been doing? <clears throat> Tired. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tired. Somebody had a massive road trip on his own today. No, it wasn't me. I just got in from Chicago, and boy, are my arms tired. Well, keeping him up that long driving, that's a lot of... And it, uh, the car, regrettably, smells like farts and stale fast food. I yeah. apologize. And this is different from the other times you've driven the car, because... It's just my farts? No. Fair. There's no one else's peppered in there? <laughs> It's just a the soaking of my farts. There's no call and response like when we're driving to Asheville. <laughs> nope. It's <laughs> not a colony of ducks that moved in the car. No, uh, I went up to Chicago uh, to go hang out and have lunch uh, with our good friend Smoke. You'll see in the chat a lot, and uh, pick up my Dark Lord, which I made off like a bandit with. Uh, I made off one. like a Smokey. <laughs> Yes, uh, I was eastbound and down with the shipment. Well, more of a southbound and down. But, Southeast. Well, I was up there, uh, swapped some beers, and we stopped in at the Revolution Brew Pub because city of Chicago shut down all bars. So unless you're serving food, yeah, you aren't going to be seating people. But we stopped yeah. in for a socially distant burger and a barbecue, grab a couple drinks, and turn around, start five hours back this way and i was walking through the door as you all were doing news <laughs> i mean i just assumed some other uh hairy chested man leaned leaned in behind Brittany to pick up something and fart and fart look i am so gassy i don't <laughs> i don't know what it is i mean <laughs> i feel like a balloon that's slowly deflating uh well uh i will say this this week i went to uh I went to a brewery for the first time since all this happened. Went down to Ethereal. Hmm. Uh, and was just... I, I, I had said someone say, like, oh, yeah, we, we've been making more beer than 
you know, we've made so much beer, but there's so few people coming out that we're just, it's just stockpiling. And I went, I'd help. <laughs> I'll back so, my car right here. I, I, I went down, decided to, to do my part, help the cause. Mm. Uh, they had a lot of good stuff for a very hot day. Mm. Uh, had their Tropo Goes. There is the, uh, uh, what was it? They had some, they had some a uh, couple sours that were on that were pretty good. It was, it was a good day. They also discovered that, they, unsurprisingly to me, really, they had the, uh, they're doing the Black is Beautiful, uh, thing, Ooh. and I completely forgot to buy it. <laughs> like I got done, I got in the car the next day. I went crap. <laughs> it's a nice imperial stout that you missed out on. I, I don't I'm know. sure you can still get some. Yeah, they had it in cans in the cooler. Like I, that's how I was going to go get it. Uh, but I just, just spaced when I left. It's almost like I had been drinking before. And, <laughs> uh, but it was it was nice to be down there. They, everyone was, you know, these tables are now six feet apart. You come up to one of these couple spots at the bar and you tell them what you want. Hmm. Yeah, you know, not two people at once. And I was like, eh. The, yeah, this is fine. That's good. Uh, so it was it was nice to go to go back out to to have both a day off and time to go to a brewery. Nice. So yeah. Meanwhile, today I thought I was going to have a heat stroke, and I was like, "This is this is the thing that I do for my child." That shows that I love my child, and. Um, <laughs> Like we walked the four and a half miles to the playground that exists under the uh, the big bridge. Why did you go to that one? Why did you go to the park that's down the street? Because he he loves that playground, and I I like. Wait the... wait 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 wait. There's a there's a playground underneath an overpass. Does he get to play with like spent heroin needles? No, it's clearly the city. It's because it's on the Cincinnati side of the river, and the city clearly looked at this you know valueless land that would have become that. Yeah. They said and there's walking paths. And there's already public parks right there. So I said, why don't we just put in a big playground? And it's it's for uh, the it's mostly for young, much younger kids. Like, uh, I think this the science is like two ages two to twelve. Um, the the grounds rubber. Yeah. So, which is another reason I was like, yeah, let's do because I I. <laughs> I I wouldn't have been allowed at a place like that when I was. When I was around uh, Emmett's age or older, people would have grabbed me and thrown me onto that ground and bounced me like a ball. <laughs> and I would have had the time of my life. But I mean, he, he was like, he was just having so much fun just running and just the slide. My, he was hogging up the slide from all the other kids. My cousin used me for basketball drills is all I'm saying. <laughs> just doo, 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 doo. Oh, I forgot on my way home. Uh, almost hit someone whose car stalled out in the middle of the interstate, oh, no. right at like downtown Chicago, and then saw a car uh, pretty much explode, <laughs> fully fully engulfed in flames, like thirty feet high, like it was going down. And there was like emergency vehicles rolling up, and they're like throwing flares out the window to try and get traffic moved around this it's like well i mean the car there's a giant the beacons of gondor have been lit over here <laughs> i mean 
There are other ways to make sure people use toll roads is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it was blocking the because you have a choice. You can take the interstate that's free or you can take the toll one. The free one has more traffic. The toll one, obviously, no one wants to pay the stupid toll. Yeah, this one was blocking the <laughs> the free. Mm-hmm. So they're just forcing people over. Well, so it's been an interesting weekend to, to say the least. Yeah, for everybody. Well, you know, what else we did this weekend was uh, do a news episode. Normally, we'd have, you know, once upon a time, we'd have that here in this section of the show. But uh, instead, it's it's grown bigger than our than our time constraints would allow. Yeah, and this one was weird since um, <laughs> Chris literally just arrived home. Like, yeah, so he got to the, the time frame. So, he got to yeah. miss uh, us talking about. Uh, Johnny Walker paper bottles. Mm. Still intrigued about how that's going to work. I guess yeah. I probably make a guest appearance with uh, gaseous expulsions. I I will die if that shows up on the recording. I'm just like, there's no way that wasn't heard. No, I heard it. Uh, I think he he did miss. I think he may have like been in the room to hear at least half the conversation of a uh, of a uh, wine heist. Yeah, this week in Wine Heist, uh, Spanish edition. Right. Um, yeah, and, and then the uh, the royal family making their own gin, because sure. All right. <laughs> gotta gotta make that gotta make that money somehow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> all uh, right. Rough times for everybody. So all that this week on Have a Drink News. Yep. And uh, speaking of gin. Been up that truck, seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. I've been driving. Give me a minute. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, man, we're doing a hard liquor episode. Give it time. Also, like, we have like three different, we have three different bottles of gin on our our shelf. And none are beefeater. Nary one is beefeater. No, but I, I'm just like, why do we have this? We don't drink gin. <laughs> I don't I, understand why we have so much gin. Because in case the mood strikes, I want to be ready. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got a couple over there, and I was like, uh, you know, I don't drink. And I, I'm poor this beef eater. I'm, I've been sipping. I was like, man, maybe I do like gin. <laughs> I like uh, botanical gin. Uh, th- yeah, there's there's different kinds of gin that I've I've discovered that I like, and others I don't. Except I forget which one is which. There's botanical, there's dry, dry. there's, yeah, I usually don't yeah. care for dry, which is what beef eater is, if I'm not mistaken. Well, one of them. Uh, yeah, I would say that they've, they've got a few. I think I actually do like the dry gin, so that's, that's we'll talk a bit about this, though. Uh, the beef eater is a brand of gin owned by Pernod Rashad. Yes, if it's not owned by, if it's not owned by Diageo Kids, it's owned by Pernod Rashad. Um, <laughs> That should be their their slogan, is all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, it's bottled and distributed in the UK uh, by the company of uh, James Burrow. It's a forty seven percent or forty four percent alcohol, uh, ninety four proof in the US, and forty percent alcohol uh, in, or eighty proof elsewhere in the world, including the UK. So apparently, in the US, we like it strong. Like we need liquor. We're real drunkards. We gotta. It's got to be stronger. That that or they stopped and went. Look, they have bourbon over there. We gotta crank it up a little bit. <laughs> it's like they gotta com- gotta compete in that market. 
They're they're used to they're used to bottle and bond. <laughs> their livers, they're too strong. Now the Beefeater Distillery is one of twenty four in London. Uh, man, that seems like there's a lot of distilleries there. Just in that uh, city. Yeah. And Bardstown, Kentucky, begs to differ. Well. Uh, anyway, typically considered a mid-range gin, Beefeater's basic London dry gin is generally well-performed at international spirit competitions. It is exported to over 100 co- uh, countries across the globe and annual sales of about 2.3 million 9-liter cases. Uh, there are fewer than 10 employees at the Kensington, Kensington Distillery in London. Isn't that crazy? 10? That's it? That's what it said. They're they're doing a lot of work. Well, heading back into the Wayback Machine, Beefeater's history can be traced back to 1862, uh, maybe a little further, but we'll get to that, uh, when James Burrow, a former chemist and pharmacist, bought the Kale Street-based Chelsea Distillery from Rectifier and Compounder. That that doesn't sound right. (laughs) That sounds like a, a... A different show entirely. Damn rectifiers. <laughs> Rectifier. Damn near killed them. <laughs> Damn near compounded them. <laughs> Damn near compounded them. Anyway, John Ta- uh anyway, John Taylor was the uh person for that. Uh he bought it for four hundred pounds. Yeah. That's I feel like that's not a lot, but that's probably, you know what, what's the adjusted in, in for date? Yeah, eighteen sixty two, four hundred pounds. That's the one it's gonna be like, and that was four million dollars. <laughs> I was gonna say, and that was the entire GDP of Cambodia. <laughs> uh, originally established in eighteen twenty, the company's premises uh, were at fifty six Cake Street in the in London's Chelsea. Uh, they specialized in rectification of gin and liqueurs. At first, the distillery continued with production of liqueurs uh, uh, started by its previous owners, further establishing its reputation and extending its customer base, but eventually started to produce its own distinctive style in around 1863. The firm, uh, which re- uh, he renamed James Burrow, distiller and importer of foreign liqueurs, <laughs> He's not an importer of foreign liqueurs if he's making his own stuff, but that, and that that just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, well, it was the 1860s. It's more highfalutin. Anyway, they started to find customers like uh, Fortnum and Mason, uh, a grocery store in Victorian England known for its quality that is still operating today. When more of a more than just a grocery store now. Yes, but, they've uh, they've stopped selling uh, the heroin and such, such common over the counter medications for the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, heroin into the scourge of opium. <laughs> How could we get people off opium? What if we made something more addictive? <gasps> Brilliant! So, funny you bring that up. Uh, I'm back into a lot of podcasts recently, and uh, stuff you should know. Just did a great episode on heroin. And that's what they bring up. And they're like, oh, yeah, guess what? It was basically invented to kick everyone off of yeah. <laughs> opiates. They want to get them off that opium. They're like, oh, great. Yeah, they're not addicted to opium anymore. They're addicted <laughs> to heroin. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the methadone of its day, except, uh, <laughs> you know, worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So James used his chemical training to help perfect gin and uh, liqueur recipes 
and the company still has his early recipe books, including one from 1849, which predates his purchase of the distillery. His studious efforts paid off, and by 1871, he had expanded to such an extent that his family home behind the distillery in Marlboro... I can't spit that out without it sounding like Marlboro. Marlboro. Marlboro Square was used to house the company's offices. That's uh, uh, that's Flavor Square, by the way. <laughs> oh. By 1876, the company's portfolio of liqueurs and imported spirits also included more gin brands, and it was in this year that the company papers first recorded the existence of Beefeater Gin, alongside other brands such as James Burrow London Dry and Ye Old Chelsea Gin. I, I, you know what? I, I really love that name. Yeah. <laughs> Ye Old Chelsea Gin. I'd I'm just that. saying that should be that should be sold at uh, Chelsea F- FC uh, <laughs> games. It should, uh, but it should be the official gin of Chelsea FC. They should do use that instead of water. <laughs> By spending time experimenting, inventing, and using new processes, he discovered that blending a particular recipe of botanicals produced a bold, full-flavored gin, which he named Beefeater Gin. I'm just after, saying it really was flavor square. <laughs> well, he named it after the uh, or after the almost instant success of the gin. It was soon made by James Burrow Company's flag or it was soon made into the flagship product. So they're like, oh, yeah, this thing we're doing on the side, it's more, more popular than what we've been doing. The name of the gin, Beefeater, refers to the Yeoman Warders. The Yeoman Warders of Her Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress, the Tower of London and members of the Sovereign's Bodyguard of the Yeoman Guard Extraordinary, popularly known as the Beefeaters. A period needs to be somewhere in that. That's how, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I know it's how it was written. Uh, are ceremonial guardians of the Tower of London. In principle, they are responsible for looking after any prisoners in the Tower, I don't think there are anymore, and safeguarding the British Crown Jewels. They have also conducted guided tours of the tower since the Victorian era. Era, that's kind of a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's one long tour. So they're so they're more of like the most established, you know, tour tour companies in the world. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying, not one of them was in Far From Home, <laughs> the Spider-Man movie. Have, have they? When's the last time one of the beef eaters had to like kill someone? When's the last time they had to fight an army of uh, of killer drones? I think the last time they've ever had to fight... Oh, no. I was going to say it's probably the Scots. No, no. They never made it to London. I don't know. All warders are retired from the armed forces of Commonwealth realms and must be former warrant officers with at least 22 years of service. So these... Okay, these aren't really... It's not an order of battle-ready I mean, men they, anymore. They, well, I mean... Yeah. They 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 had been like they they right. are retired, and this is their retirement. But what would what would they do if someone actually tried to come and steal the crown jewels? They they'd still beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Would they, or would it be more of a lethal weapon? Danny Glover, I'm getting <laughs> too old for this. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but Danny Glover still got the job done. He did. Uh, they must also hold the long service of good conduct medal. Since 2011, the garrison has included 37 yeoman warders and one chief warder. 
Yeoman warders are often incorrectly referred to as Yeoman of the Guard, which is actually a distinct core of royal bodyguards. Fun fact. Yeah, I, I learned a lot from just that paragraph, honestly. When I was look, looking this up, I was like, oh, look at that. I've learned my tongue cannot handle that word <laughs> before I've drank any gin. Mm. Um, in 1897, James Burrow died, and his sons took over the running of the business. They continued to prosper, and in 1906, with only two years left on the Kale Street lease, the Burrow family purchased a premises across the river at 26 Hutton Road. Oh, Hutton Road, Lambeth. I'm just picturing, though, the running of the businesses. <laughs> like, oh, like, God! Like, like, literally a bunch of businesses taking off through the streets and people running in front of them? Money like, 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 yeah, like uh, uh, Ronald McDonald and the, ha- you know, uh, <laughs> a bunch Hand of, like, Riddler, mascots chasing after you, just team. like, oh, God! No! Uh, they took the two years they had before needing to vacate the old distillery to equip their new premises with the latest stills from Jay Dorr and Sons, uh, successors to Anise Coffee. They named the new site Kale Distillery in memory of their old premises. And in 1911, Beefeater Gin was awarded the prestigious gold medal at the Festival of Empire Exhibition at Crystal Palace. And six years later, Eric Burrow began exporting to the United States. <laughs> the U.S. went... Yeah, sure. We'll drink it. Basically. Uh, that's our unofficial. I said, look, have you seen what we've been drinking over here? I mean, look at the time period. Mm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of bathtubs. Uh, so in 1958, on the search for more space to keep up with demand, Beefeater moved to its present home in Kennington, a site once occupied by the Hayward's Military Pickle Factory. Wait, wait, wait. wait Obviously. Wait, wait, wait. Military Pickles. So are these military grade pickles or are they pickles made by the military? Are these or are these pickles that serve in the military? <laughs> are these pickles of mass destruction? I I don't know. I was I, I grabbed the sentence and I was like, wait, what? And then I just kind of moved on. Are they tactical pickles? <laughs> Dude, when you're eating these pickles, does like a, a laser sight go out to make sure it's like like dead on target? Wow. It's a laser guided pickle into your mouth. We're here all night, guys. Uh, housed in an Edwardian building with a 1950s extension, the Beefeater Distillery features original Victorian pot stills and a botanical room where the fresh ingredients are stored. A custom-built visitor center allows connoisseurs to see the original stills, view the distilling process, and learn about the history of gin in London. <laughs> history of gin in London. They drank it. They drank a lot of it. Turns out. Uh, in 1995, uh, brought a new master distiller, Desmond Payne. Great name. Uh, whose contributions include Beefeater 24, a complex blend of 12 botanicals, including grapefruit peel and Japanese and Chinese green teas, and infuses them in spirit for 24 hours. London Garden, which is an herbal expression of Beefeater London Dry, inspired by the botanical garden in Chelsea Physic Gardens uh, in the heart of London. And the exclusive cask-rested Beefeater Burroughs Reserve, which used James Burroughs' original still number 12. The Burrow family sold the company to Whitbread in, eight, in 1987, and in 2005, Beefeater was acquired by the French uh, Pernod, 
Bernard Richard. Is that how you say it? Sure. Bernard. I keep wanting to say Ricard, and I was like, there's no way that's right. Uh, Captain okay. Ricard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, getting into what they actually make. So, there's okay. only. Real, real quick, though, the yeah. Master Distiller, every time I hear the word Desmond, I keep expecting the next words to be Tutu. So, I was just picturing Desmond Tutu being the Master Distiller. At... <laughs> You know, and his off time from being secretary, you know, uh, what's the title? Is it secretary general of the UN? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that, who that is. Um, so what was it like? They only, they make what, six gins? Like, uh, yeah, it seems about right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, we're going into some details on those specifically. So one's an abomination. <laughs> just just the one uh so we're gonna start off with the classic so this is the london dry uh one london <clears throat> london well, dry yeah 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 it's not wet <laughs> no 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 indeed pretty sure london's quite wet <laughs> in okay. in multiple senses gross <laughs> All right, uh, one London distillery, nine stills, and as many botanicals make the world's most awarded gin under the supervision of the world's most experienced master distiller. A quintessential London dry gin made with big juniper character and strong citrus notes. This is an authentic London dry for those that enjoy the real taste of gin. Still made in London to our founder, James Burroughs' original recipe of nine botanicals, Featuring bold juniper, zesty Seville orange, and lemon pill. Desmond Payne, the world's most experienced master distiller, according to them, uh, oversees a bold and distinct gin that sets the standard for London dry gins and claims the title of the world's most awarded gin. Why have we not pulled a sounder from Life of Brian yet? From when he's (laughs) screaming about his juniper bushes? Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, we just need a lot of the British sounders just need to be a whole different page. Get away from board. my juniper bushes. Um, so with nearly 200 years of distilling heritage, there was a time when they could uh, hand weigh the botanicals for every batch of gin that produced. Um, hand weigh it? So it's just like some dude, the, like everyone just trusts his judgment? So, mm, seems right. Yeah, basically. I guess. Uh, I'm going to say it's about uh, so, 196 kilograms. You sure? I don't know. Or would they do stone at that point? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm just winging it here. Uh, I don't think they were doing stone at that point. Yeah, it it weighs one cane of stone. (laughs) Oh, Um, but which stone? So arrogant uh, bastard. That's a heavy one. So there are nine botanicals in the London Dry. So you've got juniper, obviously. Juniper equals gin. Uh, the essential botanical in all gins. Lemon peel, uh, which adds a sharp and crisp citrus profile. Seville orange peel, hand-picked Seville oranges grown in Spain. Uh, almond. As opposed, to, I... as opposed to hand-picked Seville oranges that are grown in uh, in Ohio. Ecuador. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hand-picked Seville oranges, blah, blah, blah. So almond <laughs> brings a hint of marzipan and soft spice. Did not think about almond being in gin. Uh, Angelica root adds woody, spicy notes and balanced flavors. Just Cor- picturing a root with pigtails and carrying a small, like Barbie-like doll. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, Coriander seed. Coriander seed releases ginger, sage, and lemon flavors. Then you also have Angelica seed, 
fragrant and hop-like with floral notes. It's a seed with pigtails carrying a small. <laughs> uh, orris root, I assume is how you say that. Aromatic and floral with a hint of Parma violet. And then finally, I saw that, I saw that as Panama violet, and I went, <laughs> Panama! Panama! <laughs> Panama! <laughs> and now everyone has that in their head for the rest of the night. You're welcome. That's That was... That was my raid song. Back in, <laughs> I know, I know. What, what what expansion was that? Probably Wrath. No, it was after Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, uh, Cataclysm. Yeah, it would have been Cataclysm, and that's I just raided to Panama on a loop. It was <laughs> like eight hours of Panama, as opposed to me and Mister Pandaria, where it was ten hours of uh, uh, "I'll Make a Man Out of You" from Mulan. I mean, of which the movie's basically canceled. If... We, t- we talked about. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Indefinitely postponed. Thing on the pre-show for news. Uh, okay, yes. Finally, uh, licorice root. Uh, oh yeah, we're talking about botanicals. Oh yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, woody and bittersweet, spicy yet mellow. I'm, I guess, if for yeah, licorice root. Yeah. By the way, the descriptions of all these are coming from from their site. So if we're saying our, yes. pretend we're we're beef eater. <laughs> pretend <laughs> I am beef eater. <laughs> <laughs> is that some kind of like in a throwback you know they, they're making horror movies to look like 80s horror movies again beef eater just sounds like some kind of bad 80s horror movie villain that like four people knew about but now half the globes you be like oh yeah i was in, i was totally into that you don't remember beef eater <laughs> i'm picturing uh <laughs> i don't know why but i'm picturing the scene with like candy man with like the bees like <laughs> all over him, but instead it's just like slabs of beef. It's just Arby's. <laughs> He's just got like roast beef. Oh, it's like, more mm. terrifying than the sight of Arby's. And then he just like pulls down that promotion and like takes a big bite of a sandwich and is like, I'm thinking Arby's. It's rice itself. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, we've got a correction on the. Uh, it was Lich King, apparently. Oh, Lich King. Yes. Oh, we were next with Pan- Panamanians. Yep, yep, yeah, that's good times. Uh, <laughs> no one, no one else gets that, but three, three people, three people, and are very happy. Yep. All right. And anyway, uh, next so, step. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Do we want to go ahead and just hit the what we drank or are drinking? Well, we said we've got some some more of these if we want to talk about them. That's like a, but this is what oh, I'm drinking, you? and I'm just going to go ahead and slam the rest of it down. Okay. That's the abomination. Well, what they're drinking is the pink strawberry. And Chris does not seem pleased. No, no. <laughs> Chris, isn't it a vibrant new pink, pink gin using uh, original beef eater rum and dry recipe with additional natural strawberry flavoring to give it a vibrant and delicious strawberry taste. It's Tussin. It's Tussin. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh. oh. Robitussin. Is that what you were trying to... Yeah, yeah, it's Tussin. Oh. No, I'm just saying, is that what you were trying to, to think of earlier, Brittany? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Need to fuck us. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, James Burrow would often experiment with new flavors of gin and liqueurs, purchasing his ingredients from the London Co- uh, Covenant Gardens uh, market in the 1800s. The re- uh, these 
These recipe archives in London's market inspired the bright new expression, beef eater, pink strawberry. Strawberry and beef. Mm. Well, this has 10 bot botanicals. So one more botanical than the last one. Like juniper, central botanical and all gins. Okay, that's going to get old. Uh, <laughs> all right, lemon peel, coriander seed, almonds, uh, Seville orange pills. None of that other kind of oranges. I, I don't know any other kind of oranges. Uh, orris root, licorice root, angelica root, angelica seed. And this one has strawberry. Strawberry. So, uh, Chris, uh, not good? Um, no. It's bad, and they should feel bad. The liquor store should also feel bad that that was the only beef eater that was in, like, airplane <laughs> bottles or anything other than, like, a 750 milliliter. Chap uh, up in the chat says, Ark of the Covenant Gardens? Sadly, no. Oh, it, Archive it, of the, yeah. That's, that was bad. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to have to wash that that nasty taste out of my mouth with with this cool refreshing broken throne brewing beer mm. oh. oh the uh double mosaic india pale ale mm. oh. lucky <sighs> cool refreshing gets the taste of bad strawberry out of my mouth well mm. maybe maybe you could try to replace it next time with some blood orange James Burrow had selected oranges from from not the archive of the Covenant Gardens. London's Covenant Garden Market uh, in 1876 to create orange gin. Uh, this recipe inspired their new zesty beef eater blood orange gin. 143 years later. <laughs> they say, talk about being ahead of the curve. And which I go, no, you just really wanted to jump in on that blood orange that blood orange trend a while back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, this has ten botanicals. Oh, it, so what's the additional? I was gonna say no. The, the ten botanicals is this gonna be like a the eleven herbs and spices? No, it's the is... ten botanical commandments. <laughs> of gin. Juniper lemon peel, spill orange peel, almond. <laughs> Also, I just read that I was like, "What's the what's the tenth one?" I looked down there and see, I saw the the blood orange thing. But for some reason, my brain didn't re register the last two words, and I was like, <laughs> "Natural blood." Flavor. I was like, <laughs> "I guess, mm, yeah, natural blood flavor." <laughs> yeah, no, uh, basically the same thing as the other one. Basically, the 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 regular London Dry recipe. Plus blood orange. Or blood. Whatever. Or blood. <laughs> Golly him up. Him... <laughs> you you betrayed the blood orange. Cover your heart. <laughs> All right. Uh Chris, what what other what other gins do they have? Uh London Garden. So the famous botanical gardens of Chelsea Physic Gardens. <laughs> Would have been uh, frequented <laughs> quite often by James Burrow. Is that, can we just like James Burrow is just can we just say he's like oh the Colonel Sanders of gin? Just picturing William S. Burroughs with those ten secret. Uh, it have to be you think it have to be like that old English accent. So, uh, Chris, you've seen uh, Venture Brothers. Uh, 
I'm picturing um uh, uh like from the old team venture uh Colonel Gentleman who's based <laughs> off of yeah William Burroughs and he's got like, he talks like he's Sean Connery. It's like Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh Kiki. <laughs> oh God, I've got to rewatch those. Anyway, uh James Burroughs would have clearly uh frequented the gardens and in many ways would have served as an inspiration to Beefeater's original recipe. On learning that their master distiller, Desmond Payne, Tutu. <laughs> set about creating Beefeater London Garden, a special edition gin that is a culmination of countless taste experiments and, of course, trips to the garden. The result is a gin that carries through Beefeater London Dries, citric... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, it's basically an ad, so I was reading it as such. Right, uh, except I read Citric is Critic, and I was like, they're Critic Precision? No, that I do. Sense. That's why I had to pause. I was like, Critic can't be right. <laughs> With that Citric Precision while working through more leafy and herbal notes, courtesy of Lemon Verbena and Thyme. With a I mean... <laughs> Look, we can all sit here and wait for Jen to get finished too, but that isn't. <laughs> but this one is finished with those eleven herbs and spices, <gasps> uh, and we're going to list them out for you. They are juniper, thyme, lemon verbena, Seville orange peel, lemon peel, almond. And I really want these to actually be the eleven herbs and spices: <laughs> coriander, just... licorice root, orris root, angelica root, angelica seed. Can you just picture Colonel Sanders just listening and say, oh, "How do they know?" <laughs> Rolling over in his grave, someone knows. Anyway, okay, uh, Beef Eater Twenty Four, which was uh, when I called coming into town, I'm like, "Hey, I'm twenty minutes out. Are you got? Where's the show at?" And then it's like, "Oh yeah, we're starting news. Cool. What do you want me to get?" Beef Eater 24, if you can find it. Uh, I, mean, I, I could not find it in a reasonable size bottle, meaning I, if it was more than a swallow, I wasn't going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I could have found one in a this size bottle. <laughs> uh, like a regular Beef Eater, you know, uh, 750 milliliter bottle. No. For four for four extra dollars, I didn't really didn't feel like dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing is like, I'm not, I don't care about the price. You can get like a, you can get a quart of this stuff I, for like uh, nothing. It's like yeah. $4 and a taco for a quart of beef eater. No one cares. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with the extra liquid because I'm not drinking more than a drink of it. That said, like, as well as like, as I've been, because I just had just regular beef eaters, I've been kind of like, maybe on the odd night I can have some gin. This is, it's not bad. But uh, the beef eater 24 is a sophisticated blend of fine botanicals and exotic teas. 12 hand selected botanicals. So, I mean, we're adding an extra herb in this one, steeped in London for 24 hours to create that extra London flavor. <laughs> Obviously. To, to get that extra, steeped in London for 24 hours to get that 24 hour smog and pollution mm. trapped in the gin. It's the distiller's cut. After distillation, uh, they select the perfect cut, resulting in a London dry gin with a fresh flavor profile that is best enjoyed in modern cocktails. Because you can't drink it straight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, the distiller's cut version is 12, 12 herbs and spices. So the, the, I think Can I just they, say, though, if someone says it's best enjoyed in cocktails, it's a good sign that... 
they don't want you to drink this by itself. They know they messed up. Pretty much. Oh, no, there's a brewery. I think, I don't know if we brought it up last time. Uh, again, diving back into a lot of podcasts. I've been going to a ton of Cincy Brewcast. And uh, there's a new brewery slash distillery in town here. I would love to go there. But like it's, when, when you talk about like using all parts of the Buffalo, it's when they're like, oh, yeah, when we have like a bad batch of beer, guess what? It's That's not the end of the line for that liquid. They're like, we can oh, yeah, take yeah, that yeah. liquid and we can distill it and turn it into something else. Like, so it's like, just because it made a bad beer, like it could make a pretty good whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> or it could make a really good liqueur. So they're like, it's, that's not the end of the road. We're not they're like, well, I'll just distill it. Let's see what we get. Anyway, uh, the 12 herbs and spices, uh, Japanese sencha, Chinese green tea, grapefruit peels, juniper, lemon peel, and then you go through the rest of it. But that actually sounds good. Now I see why you're wanting me to get this yeah, one. This like a... I would I, maybe buy a bottle of this. I saw it, but it was a different color than gin. And I just looked at it and I went, <laughs> nope. Gin's not that color. No, thank you. <laughs> it's like, oh, but it's nice and red. You have God had wanted gin red. <laughs> you would have made junipers a different color. So it looked like an Irish red? <laughs> no, it looked like... Um, uh, like it, it looked like a bottle of a. Uh, um, uh, what is it? I'm thinking of like the the. There's a, um, the hot damn. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, there's a aftershock. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's what it looked like. So I was like, I like it was like cinnamon syrup. Yeah, that like when I was underage, that's what I drank was aftershock. <laughs> I'm too drunk to taste this chicken, Desmond Tutu. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that in the chat, edit. <laughs> All right, well, uh, why don't you take us home with the uh, Burroughs Reserve? Yeah, so I was trying to find the bottle of. The oh yeah, it's like blood. It's not blood. It's just bright red. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so the Burroughs Reserve, uh, Beef Eater Burroughs Reserve Edition Two, is a testament to the fact that doing things differently can create an exceptional outcome. Like the first edition, edition two is a drink for those who are looking for something new, something rare, and hard to find. Now rested in red and white Bordeaux oak casks after distillation, edition two emerges with a copper hue and complex depth of flavor, making it perfect for those looking to explore new flavor experiences. Each batch created is unique, a product of the handcrafted approach to distillation. Uh, they only create a limited number of bottles for release, so if you see one, buy one. Uh, it says you won't be disappointed. I'm just uh, I'm upset they called it Edition 2 and not Burroughs Reserve 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I know. Everybody misses out on that. I don't know why. Uh, distilling used uh, using... Uh, blah, 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 distilled using James Burroughs Original Copper Still Number 12 uh, Burroughs Reserve Edition 2 Gin is then rested in red and white Bordeaux oak casks with a capacity of only two, 268 liters. Uh, still number 12 produces small batches of this complex gin with each batch being intriguing in its own right. Uh, the results of the resting period is a remarkable transformation imbuing the gin with the subtle characteristics of the oak and residual Bordeaux red and white wines. Uh, it says it's soft oak spice and balanced by the sweet, fresh aroma of juniper and citrus on the nose. And on the palate, rich juniper-led uh, juniper spice develops into the softer notes of oak 
and showing a hint of dried fruit and licorice on the finish. Long and complex, the flavors continue to evolve on the palate. Uh, finally, so that's all the gins that they make. <laughs> but finally, on their website, they highlight this cocktail using the Beefeater 24, um, which is the one that kind of sounds intriguing. So this cocktail is just called the Beefeater 24 Spritz. And um, it says that the flavor is bitter, which I'm like, <laughs> I guess some people are just into that anyway. I mean, so, it's gin. Fair. Uh, serve in a wine glass. Um, the ingredients. So you've got, obviously, Beefeater 24. Um, Lilit Blanc. I'm not sure if I'm saying the first word correctly, but uh, also top with champagne. And then uh, you can substitute soda water with champagne if you want to a little lower alcohol. I don't know why you would. You're I'm going to say, clearly it. you've never met us. Yeah. Uh, you just And you just build that over ice um, with a little stir, and then you garnish it with grapefruit slice and raspberries. Oh, not a grapefruit slice of raspberries. <laughs> I mean, I'm having trouble picturing that, but you know, you do you. Uh, I That actually doesn't sound like a horrible cocktail, except I don't know what that little blanc is. So probably could my, a wine. Could my favorite cocktail version of Beefeater be going to the Tower of London, insulting the Beefeaters, and have them spit Beefeater gin in my face? Could that be arranged? <laughs> no, there's too much spit. I had a hot dog outside of the Tower of London. No, and it's, it's how, that's as close as I got. Because me and Ian, you know, it's like afternoon in London. Got to hit the high points real quick here, and it's like we got about twenty minutes. And we haven't had lunch, and there's like amusement park concessions out front of the tower of london it's like ah eh, screw it let's get a hot dog and sit here and eat a hot dog and stare at the tower of london while he wears a shirt with the founding fathers dressed <laughs> like they're in the thriller video dancing <laughs> and i'm like yeah it's just today okay i'm just sorry and you're like like there's just carnival food out in front of the tower of london i'm just like man funnel Nothing. cake in london Nothing's changed in like 800 years. <laughs> Just eating carny food in front of uh, the Tower of London and gonna gonna watch <laughs> watch people be uh, degraded. Okay, nothing's yeah. changed. Also, uh, side note: the the Le Blanc is a uh, Bordeaux blend white wine from France. Yeah. Obviously, I was gonna say I was pretty sure it was a white wine. But yeah. Okay. Well. Um... Speaking of uh, of other gins and, and such, let's get into as soon as I find that. Okay. Drink with me, friend. Gin does not make that sound. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not with that attitude. Uh, so I tried the. So this is the um, we talked about. Tried. This Give is, it here. You you quit. You didn't try. You quit. Damn real white. She quit with uh, it. So I I attempted the um the the strawberry tussin. Uh oh. Of the, Chris has punished himself with more tussin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm like no joke. The face that he's making is that face that you make when you're a kid and you have one of those kinds of medicines and you're just like. Uh, Again, nothing washes the taste of bad gin out of your mouth. Quite like a Broken Throne <laughs> Double Mosaic IPA. Crisp, clean, and hoppy. It is not your turn yet. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, it is kind of your turn. You, you both had the same stuff. <laughs> kind of. Well, 
he shot that stuff for some reason. Uh, so anyway, yes. Uh, all he could find, we, we weren't going to buy yet another uh, regular ass sized bottle of gin. So he got airplane bottles, but all they had available was the Beefeater Pink, um, which is Tussin. So uh, I, I recommend I, buying some Roku gin. Yeah. A nice. Uh, Literally any other gin, actually. Uncle Val's botanical gin. That stuff was actually also good. really good. Yeah. Um, get a botanical gin. How about just, just, just give up on dry and go get a botanical gin and just I enjoy would, it chilled. I would like to try the Beefeater 24 after the description. That sounds nice, actually. But uh, yeah, so I quickly gave up on the Tussin and went to uh, Hibiki <laughs> for something completely different. You're dipping in the Hibiki. That was the thing that I was like, this is such a good smell. I'm just going to sit here and like smell this for the longest time and be happy with life. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so I had Hibiki and he had beer and I we're happier for it because couple the beers. pink gin is bad. <laughs> I had an orange cream, orange cream marbles, creamsicle milkshake IPA oh. from Moore Brewing Company. Oh. Thanks to our good friend Smoke. And oh, I also had... Beer. A uh, double mosaic IPA oh, from did you? Our, good, our good friends over at Broken Throne Brewing. Did you have uh, a double mosaic IPA? Crisp, clean, hoppy, everything I want from a double IPA. No product placement was uh, paid for in this episode. <laughs> that beer was free, wasn't it? <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> Even Tasty. though... From Casey. <laughs> Tasty from <laughs> even though it was brewed back in February. <laughs> my lazy my lazy ass just getting to drinking it. So Bob, you actually drank to style and didn't hate it, I think. Yeah, I had the regular beef eater London dry gin. Uh which I no, I actually enjoyed. It it's got some solid flavor, but it's not like super in your face about it. Uh it's like kind of toned down, so it's it's, it's drinkable. Uh, I'd had mine with some ice to start out with, though, so that that kind of helped. Mm. I yeah. when I'm going right into a gin and I'm not and I'm a little worried about it. I was like, here, ice cubes, cool this, cool this down. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I I haven't tried the dry. I'm a little intrigued. I know we before the show we had talked about like, oh, the strawberry doesn't sound bad because strawberry, and then like the blood orange one. But now I'm like, nope. <laughs> like it's, after trying the strawberry, I'm like, nope, blood orange has got to be bad. It's it's a lot less. Um, see, the problem I have sometimes with some gins is that it is very super pine solely. So sometimes when I have a dry gin, it's usually not quite as severe. So. Chat, we bow to no sponsors. Look, if I could pull off the like Wayne's World skit of suddenly we look over and I'm wearing nothing but like broken, th like a hat and a shirt and a hoodie. Branded overalls. If, it's if, like, if, oh, people only do things for money. And that's just sad. Yeah. So I'm just picturing it like, here, would you like a nice, cold, delicious Pepsi? A choice of a Again. new generation. <laughs> Nuprin. Little, yellow, different. But no, just a, a clean, crisp IPA brought to you by our good friends. It's Tasty from Casey. Ah, 
I'm, I'm just going to keep using that as a slogan now until <laughs> until I get a cease and desist. Tasty. He, really, he needs it on his like uh, personal. He needs it on his coveralls. I was going to tell him that they need to make some kind of like deliberate uh, jab at stone just to see if they can like stoke rock. those fires. They need, they need to get, make a beer, just call it rock. Just to be like, <laughs> hey, you want to get some headlines? Make anything with the word stone in it because you'll get a lawsuit. How? Uh, Not worth it. It's completely worth it. Uh, but yeah, the uh, guys, we needed to go in and get Casey like some some embroidered coveralls that say "Tasty" from Casey. <laughs> Tasty oh, yeah. from Casey. And he's got to do that the... pose in them again. We'd give him the double thumbs up in front then, of the fermenters. So and then we of... get to and then we get to watch when he wears them home to his wife. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, also, it has to say it's going to say that on the front, but on the back, it's going to have fairy wings and say "Liquor Fairy." <sighs> All right, I, th- I think that about does it for the day, guys. We're 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 now planning like elaborate gifts, yeah, for a friend that probably would not appreciate. No. Well, no, he would probably find it funny, but we wouldn't get him to wear it for more than like once. Yeah, that's true. You kidding me? He'd wear it every time he brewed. <laughs> If it had Casey fairy wings Casey. on there, probably not. What if we printed we it like booty shorts? Broken, <laughs> broken stone IPA. <laughs> broken stone? <laughs> Casey, I know you're going to listen. Broken stone IPA. Come on, do it. Do it with a cracked stone as the label. Do it. But All no, right. it's gotta say, we've got to get him coveralls that say tasty from Casey, like printed across the booty <laughs> of the coveralls. <laughs> As if it said juicy. It's not juicy. It's tasty for Casey. You need taste. You need tasty on one cheek, Casey on the other, and from right in the. <laughs> okay. Well, don't forget you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us on uh, social drink show. Have a drink show on social media. Social drink show. We should get that too. We need to. I thought you were gonna say social drink shit. <laughs> Whoa! Someone just took us yeah. took us over that uh, parental advisory mark. That's yeah, one word. You get you get one of those in a PG thirteen. Uh, You're allowed two what two Fs in yes. a PG thirteen. So. Uh, you can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Tell us if we should get Casey a pair of uh, overalls <laughs> that say "Tasty from Casey" on the butt. That uh, needs to be a new Patreon goal. No, I was going to say that needs. So you guys are going to have to fund that to say that our, <laughs> our Patreon is still going because, uh, as much as we hate to admit it, this only keeps this whole operation keeps going thanks to your all's uh, <laughs> donations to our Patreon. Sorry, I just saw the chat and the suggestion that it just has F R and then a space and M, M on right the under. crack. <laughs> no O. No O. It it'll already be there. <sighs> also a reminder, uh join the chat. It can be fun. If you're if you happen to catch live. Uh hey, if you haven't caught on, uh we are live on Facebook. If you're too lazy. I don't know why I'm saying this because you're either listening or watching it. So you can watch it on Twitch, Facebook, or you can listen to the to the stream or to listen the downloaded to episodes from your podcast. Yeah, podcatcher of choice. 
podcatchers aren't a thing anymore. What don't call okay. like that's so I'm, I'm it's, still it's old hap- it's old habit I have. It is, but it's like pod we're old. Podcatchers aren't a thing anymore. Like you don't have to Isn't it just an app? Yeah, but it they're is. not podcatchers anymore. Oh. Just it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Go on with your thing. Uh, all joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. I waited till I got home after driving 10 hours to start drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I'm like sweating as I do it. <laughs> That's a separate problem. All right. Well, uh, you can check us out another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And you remember to check out uh, not only patreon.com slash have a drink show, but also have a drink store.com. And once again, I'm Brittany D. Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Don't forget to have a nice, crisp, refreshing Broken Throne beer. Mmm, tasty. From Casey. Bye. Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> we title the next episode we ever do at Broken Throne Tasty from Casey. <laughs>